Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Standing Room Only Podcast. I'm Goose. As always, I have Healy here with me. This is episode number 106. We just got through the NFL wildcard round. Very entertaining. Uh, not really. We have a little bit of basketball news on this episode. As always, make sure you are following us on social media. We're SR Only Pod. You can find us on Twitch. I'm sorry, Instagram, Twitter, uh, TikTok, not Twitch, not yet. We haven't gotten to that point yet. I'm iGoose with four O's. You can find Healy as well. At the Healy 6 on Twitter and Instagram. Not a lot of upsets this, this past weekend in the NFL. I'm pretty sure only one team was an underdog, and it was the 49ers. Or one road team won this weekend, and it was the 49ers. Every other and team took care of business for the most part. Uh, the Bengals and Raiders was a close game. There's controversy in there, but all the other ones were <laughs> pretty pretty easy for the the home team. Very, it ended up being a game that just had to get managed by the quarterback. I mean, the Bills dominated in their game against the the Patriots. I mean, it wasn't even a game. It's kind of like what we saw in their second matchup of the season, regular season. Um, Cardinals, Rams, Monday Night Football. I think that I'm pretty sure it's the first ever Monday Night Football, at least I've ever seen for playoffs. That was yeah. awesome. Yeah, which is crazy to see. Also, uh, fun fact with the Bills, they did not punt in that game. They did not. Yeah, they dominated the offensive side, the defensive side. Mac Jones is a rookie. That Patriots offense truly cannot compete with any of the teams that are in the playoffs at the end of the day. I don't care if their defense made three or four stops, maybe forced a turnover or two. There was no way they weren't going to get beaten out by two, three scores, bare minimum, uh, in that game against the Bills. The uh, Tampa Bay just controlled the whole game against Philly. Jalen Hurts could not really do anything. He needs help over there, obviously. He got a little bit of playoff experience, got it against the reigning Super Bowl champs, which is good. But they got exposed. They are who we thought they were. The Eagles really weren't anything. And the 49ers, as you mentioned, the underdog on the road. I think they were given like a three-point handicap in that game on the spread. And they controlled the whole football game in Dallas in front of probably the wildest crowd that they'll play in front of in the playoffs. I know that they're going to be in Green Bay, but Dallas fans are nuts, especially in a dome. And they just couldn't get it done. Dallas is, every year, statistically a good team. And every year, proved that they are never, ever ready for the playoffs. It doesn't, regardless of the coach, regardless of the quarterback, clearly they've gone through the Romos, they've gone through, I'm not going to go as far back as the Aikmans because they were pretty damn good in the 90s but the Romos and now the Prescotts healthy Prescott you got Zeke you got the offense the defense is pretty okay you got the top interceptor the most interceptions in 30 years with 11 Diggs minus the fact that he's probably given up the most yards in in the league as well he gets thrown at the most yeah you allowed 1100 yards this season which is a lot that's a lot He's a playmaker for sure. I mean, if he, he's a ball hawk, that's, that would be his badge. He's a ball hawk. Except for 
his badge is I can't guard receivers at the same time. They almost came back at the end. 49ers, you know, I have to give it to the 49ers. They closed out the season strong. And I took them in my parlay that I had over the weekend, which hit. And now they're facing Green Bay, who they've beaten, Rodgers, every single time in his career in the playoffs. It's in Lambeau. I like the advantage for Green Bay. But the Cowboys, what? You know what I'm going to bring up here. Well, first, the 49ers, how did they not get that first down late in the game to clinch the game? How about the interception? The interception was overthrown in the fourth quarter by like, he overthrew him by like 10 yards. And honestly, he just had to just loft, just get the ball to the, I don't even know who he throw to is like Debo or somebody else. Maybe Ayuk. I can't even remember. And I just remember it was just, okay, the Cowboys are going to win this way. This is how they're going to come back. Bad plays down the stretch for the 49ers. Um, I know Garoppolo is a little beat up. Questionable this week. They, the Cowboys, I wouldn't have said won the game. It would have been, the 49ers would have blown the game. Yeah. But instead, the Cowboys, with the biggest opportunity to tie the game and win it, because they could have had the extra point and won by one point, (laughs) with 14 seconds, they they run the quarterback draw, which, if they had 30s. Well, first off, what a weird defensive formation that they even, the 49ers even had. It wasn't like they were just going to quick slam it. They they ran the draw, but they had four people, like what seemed on each side, just cover the sideline to prevent Dallas from getting a quick out route. They were forcing Dallas to put it up the middle and drain some clock. Well, that's because Dallas was moving the football like no other. I mean, Dallas, everything was worse. It's like what you see with Aaron Rodgers, right, in the fourth quarter of important games where every- – Everything's completed. Everything is going his way. That is what was happening. And I was convinced for sure Cowboys are going to at least get two shots at the end zone from the 30, the 35. Everything was going towards out of bounds. They got out of bounds. They stopped the clock. And, and, and as you said, I mean, it was, it was a good play ran by Dak Prescott, but not with enough time. I know the ref. There's a lot of blame on the refs. Of course, there's always blame on the refs. Dak Prescott's blaming the refs. The fans are throwing stuff at their t- players. They're, they're mad about the refs. The, the, ref, the, the line judge had to go and move the football. He had to line it up. Granted, was it a little odd that he was 30, 40 yards back running up to do that? Yes, but at the end of the day, and I'm, I'm curious to know, was this Mike McCarthy? Was this Dak Prescott at, you know, running the, the, the play and said, hey, whatever he signaled, whatever for the quarterback draw, who knows? It was a great I, play. Not enough time. I don't think that was the original plan. I think he had a read or two and was like, you know, we're moving the ball. We're just going to move it up a little bit. I did see you're only supposed to run like 10, maybe 12 yards to actually get another playoff. And he ran like 15. Also, this isn't your backyard football game. You don't just hand it to your buddy and get ready for the next snap. The NFL rules state that the ref has to touch the football. So the linemen all got set up. They didn't even make a way for the ref to like get in there. And then the ref had to like touch the football and everyone had to readjust because of it. 
Yeah, and that took another second, which that was it. And he tried to spike it too. They could have at least tried to fake it to make it, make it look like maybe there is a tenth of a second when he got the ball, but then you spike it as well. If I'm running up to the line, I'm calling fly routes for everybody. You guys know, Hail Mary, boom, everybody fly route. I mean, you have the best receivers in the game, arguably. Like, you literally mm-hmm. have the best hands in the game, despite Amari Cooper having some drop issues the past couple of seasons, but whatever. CD Lamb is great. Toss it up. What is it, 35 yards? What would it, what were, where were they even at? They had to be in 49ers territory. I think they were at the 40, and then they ran to like the 30-ish. Okay, and they could have easily tossed it up. Granted, would they have scored? Who knows? Games, we see it happen. We see it happen. The, the Cowboys, they screwed themselves. Why not run slants? Why not, if you're going to take off with the quarterback, why not run slants? If you, if you know that they are guarding, they're the guardians of the galaxy of, this, of the, the, the sidelines, why not run a slant route that's going to save you four seconds? Why take off? It just so many things went wrong for the Cowboys on that last play that I know for a fact that they're looking at it and they're like, we lost this ourselves. There's no way. We can't blame the ref. They're, the rules are rules. We can't blame Dak. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. That's tough. You can't blame you can't blame it on one play, obviously. They didn't play well the whole game. They did not play well the whole game. But to take off on a quarterback draw, it's for one, it shows that they are very unprepared in situations, unseasoned. Mm-hmm. They won't do this again. This will not happen again. They will be a playoff team again. We know that. Their division is horrible. But also showed the 49ers knew what they were doing with that play. Because the Cowboys obviously didn't know what to do. They'd never seen that look. I've never seen that look ever before. Just give they up the middle of the it. field. Okay. Here you go. Here you go. It was one of the weirdest endings to a football game that I've ever seen from a team that's been in the playoffs the last couple of years with some of the best players in, in, the, in the league, with a coach who's won a Super Bowl, a.k.a. Mike McCarthy, who is coached with one of the best offensive players, a.k.a. Aaron Rodgers. Something, there was a breakdown. Dak Prescott must have had, there goes my hero playing, thinking he's in varsity blues, and took off. And thought he was doing something. And again, he was. If he was four yards shorter. And had the extra second. It was literally one second. That's all he needed. Could have gotten the ball off. Unfortunately, he didn't. Instead, the 49ers on the road. They cover. They win. They're going to Lambeau. Garoppolo is a little banged up right now. But all signs are pointing to him playing. They're going to be playing in a very cold environment. But they, as in the 49ers against Aaron Rodgers, since Aaron Rodgers has been in the league, have beaten him three times out of three times. One time in Lambeau, two times in uh, San Francisco. This year's a little bit different. Aaron Rodgers definitely has a way better defense than what he has. Was All the pro one time, linebackers. Was the one time in Lambeau when Kaepernick was there, was that that season? 
I'm pretty sure that was. And he destroyed them. And I don't think it was that cold there. <laughs> or, like, there was a snow at all, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Well, it gets kind of weird. I mean, we're in Jan- we're later in January, so, I mean, it's been freezing here in Chicago, on and off. I don't know what the weather's going to be yet for Lambeau. It's always colder in Lambeau. You're more north. But it's going to be tough. The 49ers are in, hands down, the toughest division. One of the toughest, I would call it. They're a wildcard team. Are they truly a wildcard team? Probably not. I would say they play better than any wildcard team in the playoffs this year. So it's not going to be an easy game for the Packers, for Rodgers, for the defense at all. But I still have hope. I still think that Green Bay is better off against the 49ers, who they beat in the regular season. It was a tough game. They went on that last second field goal. I think that they've seen it in the regular season. They have the home field advantage. They're healthy. Darius Smith is back. Bakhtiari's in. Jair, we don't know what Jair, we don't know. We don't know yet. We don't know. And, of course, with Jimmy being questionable, I don't think it's going to matter too much, but I do believe the defense is going to give him hell. But I'm also worried about Debo Samuel because he is their team's best quarterback, running back, tight end receiver whatever you want to call it he's the best on their team and he is incredible and he is a game changer it's gonna be a good game this week is going to be an excellent week of football games last week was a little bit different wild card week it's a brand new format you had the extra wild card team you only have one team with the bye this with this week with I don't even know which matchup I'm looking forward to the most. It's probably got to be the Chiefs against Buffalo, which is Sunday night or 5.30 p.m. Central Time. That's going to be a – I don't know how that's not going to be a crazy game. Both teams offensively are explosive, and that's an understatement. You have Cincinnati and Tennessee, which could be a randomly good game. Derrick Henry might be back. I think Cincinnati can compete with them. Now, if it was Cincinnati against one of the other two AFC teams, nah, nah. Cincinnati has a chance, I think, a pretty damn good chance to be a Super Bowl team. They, they beat up on the Chiefs just a few weeks ago. Can you imagine Joe Burrow coming into the league, <laughs> joining a team that's mediocre, that has potential? They pick up Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon's doing his thing, defense is doing its thing. I don't think it's going to happen, but it'd be interesting to see. It'd be interesting to see. But the matchup, Cincinnati at Tennessee, Saturday, 3.30. All times are central. Um, Got to look out for that game. The other Saturday game is the NFC. It's going to be the 49ers um, being hosted by Green Bay and Lambeau. It's going to be an excellent game. Rams in Tampa at 2 o'clock on Sunday. And, of course, Buffalo, Kansas City, uh, 5.30 on Sunday. I can't even pick. I, I don't even know who to pick between the, the Rams and the Bucks. And I, I think this no. was our prediction as well. And I know I think we did have the Bucks, but it's hard to bet against Tom Brady mm-hmm. at the end of the day. In my right? original way back, I said the Rams would make the Super Bowl. And then they, I, they cha- still I, changed, could. I changed my mind last week. I said it'd be Packers, Bucks. Packers, Bucks in the conference. That's still my pick. 
Nice. And then I had Bengals Chiefs, another one, which is okay. still alive. <laughs> Let's do this. Let's look at this. The Cincinnati-Tennessee game over-under. So Tennessee's favorited by three and a half. Let's play the over-under game. Over-under 47 points for Cincinnati and Tennessee. I'll say over. I'm going to say over. I I have a feeling it's going to be a very high-scoring game. Tennessee's defense is good. And a lot of the points for that to happen are going to have to come from Cincinnati. Yeah. I think Tennessee's offense is going to be able to move the ball on Cincinnati. Tannehill, you never know what kind of Tannehill you're going to also get. Also depends on the run game. If Derrick Henry's back and they run the ball, a lot of clock's going to be used. That's true. That's something to think about. Or Cincinnati, maybe they get a big lead. They're not going to play how they played a couple weeks ago where they're giving Jamar Chase 300 yards, 250 yards. No, you get the lead. You want to maintain that lead. You want to hand the ball off to your backs. You want to give it to uh, uh, Mixon. You want to give it to... Perini, you want to give it to anybody that's going to move the football three, four yards and keep the clock running. Because Tennessee's going to do it too. I'm going to go with the over because I do think that the Bengals will have a couple big plays in the game. I think they're going to score a couple touchdowns. I think Tennessee's going to have a couple big plays as well. It's All signs are looking towards Derrick Henry having a good week so far and playing. I'm going to go with the over. The next game, San Francisco against Green Bay. Another 47-point over-under. That's tough. I'm going under. I'm going under as well. I'm going under simply because... Now, I know in the regular season, the final score was like, what, 25 to 28 or something like that, or 27 to 25, some weird number, and they, they did score over 50. I just feel like defensively, both teams are going to have very good stance. I think that they've seen each other play. We know Devontae Adams has this to offer. What can we do to try to combat him, even if it's a few drives? I still think Devontae Adams is going to put up the numbers. I think he's going to be an anytime touchdown scorer. Mark that on your fan duel parlays. I think Rodgers is going to have a good game. Rodgers is very good with clock management. He's very good in, in, in crunch time. I still obviously think Green Bay is going to win, but I'm going with the under. I think this game could literally be a 24 to 21 game. It can literally end 24 21, and that's the under, or 24 17, even. Kind of like the last game where it was 23 17. Yes. San Francisco winning. Yep. I just think the clock management and just how both teams play, I'm going under on that. And the defenses, I mean, let's face it, 49ers defense has been good all year. Bosa, I don't even know. Well, Bosa got hurt. I don't know what the status of him is yet. If he's out, you're talking about your best pass rusher against Aaron Rodgers, who generally does well against the Green Bay. If he's out for whatever reason or limited, that's, that's going to be a game changer. you got to be on the lookout for that throughout the week. The next game, Sunday, 2 o'clock, the Rams in Tampa. Beautiful weather. Either way, it was going to be good weather, right? Dome. You got the West Coast. You got Florida. 48 and a half over under. Probably going under on that, too. I'm going to go with the under on that one. As much as we love the explosive offenses, Tampa Bay and the Rams are going to... We saw what the Rams did to the Cardinals. Cardinals couldn't move the football, and the Cardinals got a good offense. 
Granted, Kyler Murray's inexperienced in the playoffs, very young. They had no DeAndre Hopkins. Run game didn't do anything. We got to remember these are top. I think I looked. These are like all top five defenses besides the Bengals. And I think Tennessee may just be outside of that. This is going to be about game clock management, control of the clock, making the right plays, and do not fuck up in the fourth quarter. Do not turn the ball over. That's going to be the, the key. Turnover, if, if, if the Rams are down two scores, they score, get a turnover, they're back in the game. Same thing with the Bucs. They're back in the game. Why? Because they have great quarterbacks. They have great receivers. The tight ends are flourishing right now. I mean, Tyler Higby looks great. Odell looks incredible. Nobody needs Antonio Brown. You have Mike Evans. You have Rob Gronkowski. You might even see Scotty Miller in the mix. Who knows? That's, that's the only worry is, is Leonard Fournette going to play? He's on the IR. I'm sorry. Uh, Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones going to play, which he didn't really do shit in the regular season. Tom Brady is a mastermind, though. For some reason, the defenses kick it up when he's in the game, and I'm going with the under. Long story short, I'm going with the under on this one. And then, of course, you have Buffalo and Kansas City. The over-under is 54 and a half. Mm. How do you not take the over on this one? How do you not? Yeah, I just feel like it will be like 34 to like 27. Yeah, and that right there, that's what, 61? Yeah. I think that's a good score. I think Buffalo... I can see both teams throwing interceptions. We've seen Pat Mahomes do it more this year than we've ever seen. Although, down the last eight games or so, he's been phenomenal. Josh Allen, on the other hand, generally doesn't have to force too many interceptions because he could just take off with his legs if he feels the pressure. Same thing with Mahomes. We know that both defenses are going to be able to apply pressure, but we know both quarterbacks don't, don't give a damn. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm going with the over. I think that this is going to be a very good game. I still think the Chiefs are going to edge them out. They just, to me, they are still the more talented team. As much as I'd like to see Josh Allen make that leap to the next level, get to a conference game against, not, and not worry about the Chiefs. Because in that, whoever wins this game is going to the Super Bowl. I mean, let's face it. I don't think Tennessee or the Bengals can. I know the Bengals did their thing and Tennessee did their thing in the regular season. But at the end of the day, when push comes to shove, your weapons are going to matter. And I think that last week we got a taste. We saw Buffalo blow up the score. We saw Kansas City blow up the score. Even though they aren't the greatest teams that they played, they're letting you know, hey, you want to flash your nukes? We're going to flash our nukes, just mm -hmm. so you know. We're going with the over, guys. So mark that on your parlays. We want a 10% commission on that. <laughs> I'm excited yes. for this is This is an awesome round. I'm, exci I'm telling you, I'm excited to watch the Cincinnati-Tennessee game simply because if Cincinnati wins, granted, I don't think they're going to be able to beat any of the other two teams. It'd be cool to see Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, this all, all young offense. See, let's see what they do against these guys. They might not win, but let's see them you know, cause a stir because they're going to be the future. Two to three years, they'll definitely be contenders, hands down. They get a couple big defensive pieces. It's a wrap. Sounds like we're going to should watch some football together this weekend. Oh, it's going to happen. It's <laughs> going to happen. At least, if not Green Bay, maybe that Sunday, the Sunday games might be worth, worth a check. 
My, yeah. you might, we might have to get together and run up a parlay. <laughs> Call me Petey Parlay, all right? Yep. But that's the NFL. That's this week. Not a whole lot of news other than get your ass in, get your Super Bowl squares done, get your picks in, get your popcorn. That's all I got to say. Get your popcorn. It is going to be an entertaining weekend compared to last weekend, guys. Let's transition over to the NBA. There's still no MLB news, guys. We're sorry. They're, it's, they're still in the lockout. It'll be over soon. I'm sure it will. We're going to go over to the NBA. The Bulls are on a four-game skid. Zach Levine, Lonzo, they've been hurt. Lonzo, I believe, just came out that he has some sort of issue that's going to linger on probably for a little bit. He has... What is his injury? Well, Zach Levine, they he ended up leaving the game uh, a couple of games back. He walked off. He was fine. But with his previous knee injuries, they just didn't know. He has I, like a strain. It's Nothing's torn, which is good. Meaning he's only got to miss a few games. He is missing his fifth straight game today. Probably won't expect him to play for the next week or two. We're getting close to the All-Star weekend, to the second half of basketball. They're still number one, even though they're on the four-game skid. But I don't expect him to uh, be back, at least for another few, couple of games. Uh, Lonzo Ball, he has another, he has a leg injury as well. Nothing serious, nothing's torn. Um, but again, he will not be back for at least a couple of more games. There's no need to force these guys back when they are pretty much a lock to make the playoffs. That being said, with them being on the four-game skid, they're playing Cleveland tonight. They do have the return of Alex Caruso. He's coming back, which is good. Kobe White's been playing extremely well. Io Desumu has been playing extremely well. Had a double-double the other day. Vooch is not stepping up like we thought he would. It's okay. To be honest, he's the only big guy. I feel like when you're the only big guy... Literally the only like close to seven footer against nothing but seven footers and six tenors. And you just get beat down. You get beat down. He sits at the top of the key all day, which is fine. You do that when your teams play small. You want to draw the center out. It's fine. DeMar DeRozan seems like by himself just can't do it quite yet. Still a great player. Still an MVP candidate. But a four game skid nonetheless. They have a couple cuff, couple. They have a couple tough games today. Is the Cavs? They're playing the Grizzlies or Grizzlies? They just played the Grizzlies. They're playing they just, the Bucks yeah. this week as well. Yeah, I'm ex. I'm expecting a couple losses added on to the total, which it's tough. I wasn't expecting the Bulls to be the one seed. They're still tied for the one seed, but after the skid. Who knows? They could fall as far back as like sixth place. They by can. By the time all these guys get back. One of the good things, and I hate to say this as a Bulls fan, it's never a good thing. But luckily, again, it's not really luckily, Kevin Durant's hurt. Kevin Durant's going to miss quite a while. Um, they're saying at least one month he has a sprained MCL. Luckily, it's only an MCL uh, sprained. Nothing's torn. You would hate to see him get hurt again. He's having a good year. He's having a hell of a year. 
James Harden's been stepping it up. Kyrie's back. He's playing on the road. Eventually, I'm sure they're going to let him play at home once the numbers die down for COVID, which eventually will hit our peak. Maybe we hit our peak. I don't know. I'm not a scientist. Maybe the Brooklyn Nets just take the couple thousand dollar fine and just let him just play at home. Like it's worth, Mm -hmm. I think it's worth the trade off. But that's good for the Bulls because let's face it, there are teams not playing well at all. In the East, the Hawks have dropped tremendously. Boston doesn't look that good. The Hawks traded Cam Reddish. They traded Cam Reddish to New York, who is still hurt, a little hurt. He's not going to play yet for probably a couple of more weeks, They're a lot, which allows DeAndre Hunter to get more playing time. I actually really like DeAndre Hunter. I love Cam Reddish. DeAndre Hunter is good, too. But Clint Capella's been out. They're, they're sliding. They were like, they lost like seven in a row at home or some weird number, which they're normally good at home. Philadelphia is right there, Milwaukee. So you have Chicago, Miami, Brooklyn, Cleveland, Milwaukee, Philadelphia right there. Philadelphia is playing well. Joel Embiid has definitely got to be one of the top MVP go-getters right now. He's got to be. 20-point quarter today. Which in my parlay, I did parlay him to drop 30. I also parlayed that with 35 from Giannis, who had a 15-point first quarter against Memphis. Dropped a couple of others in the parlay. Need the Bulls to win. Need Charlotte to win. I might become a millionaire overnight. <laughs> might become a million. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. But Joel Embiid's incredible. Now, do I think that Philadelphia, like, if they can somehow manage to trade Ben Simmons, which there was rumors that they got another big offer. They got offered... Pretty much a whole basketball team for Ben Simmons, and it wasn't enough. I can't even remember who was the deal. Who was the deal with Ben Simmons this past week, where Murray's just like, "It's not happening." Uh oh, I have no idea. So they want to package Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris. The Kings have been trying to trade off their players as well. They're in rumors. Um, you know, they're talking about a package of Buddy Heald, Tyrese Halley Burton, Harrison Barnes, some first round picks in return for Simmons, Matisse Tybel, which is an excellent defender, Tobias Harris. They're not really showing um any uh interest. The Pistons yesterday did offer a package of Jeremy Grant. Uh, Jeremy Grant was like the main guy, Sadiq Bay, Kelly Olenek, and a pick, which may not have been a bad trade. You get a nice power forward who can slide, you know, if you have Sadiq Bay, you have, who's a small forward, he can come off the bench, you would have Tobias Harris still, you'd have Jeremy Grant, you'd have uh, Joel Embiid. They're still, I think, missing that, that point guard, but Tyrese Maxey's, I think, is starting to... I think he's starting to step it up. I think after this year, I think if he gets a couple playoff games under his belt, he can be good. They got to just get rid of him, but obviously for the right price. You can't just get rid of somebody who you know, wherever he starts, he's going to make an immediate impact. So we'll see what happens with that. Sixers, I just think don't think are there quite yet. I still think the Bulls are going to be okay. Could they fall out of the 
into the sixth seed pretty easily with a couple more games. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And Miami's starting to get healthy. I, I like Miami. I really like Miami. The East is weird, and they've always been weird. Mm-hmm. Let's put it that way. We did have another trade, though. Three-team trade yesterday. Bull Bull got traded. He did. The Celtics. He's expected to have foot surgery, which is why he failed the physical the first time. And I Bill, guess. Yeah, so he got traded to. I can't Pistons. remember who he got traded to. Pistons. The Pistons, yes. Which that's would right. have played him more. For uh, Rodney Magruder, I believe. And uh, yeah, failed the physical. Come to find out, needs surgery. Okay. Mark him down, injured. Trade as injured, right? Buying a yeah. used car as is. They were able to ship him off. So he did get traded, which uh, you want to see him play because when he's out there for the six, seven minutes and at the end of games, you're like, how does he not play more? How does he not play yeah. more? He can even shoot. He can even shoot once. I'm sure he'd be a 30% three-point shooter, which to me is remarkable for a guy of his stature. And... It's he's going to the Celtics, which means he won't play as much. I w- I wanted to see him get playing time. That would have been good. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the biggest part of this deal, though, so PJ Dozier went to Boston. Uh, the Celtics sent Juancho Hernan Gomez to San Antonio. Yep. But the biggest part of this deal is Bryn Brian Forbes. Yes. sent to the Nuggets. He is a great three-point shooter. He's a good three. He's a great scorer. I actually like him when he when guys are hurt or there's COVID. He's usually my go-to for a uh, daily fantasy. Never expensive, but he always puts up the numbers. I think he's going to do pretty well there. Um, over in uh, he's in Denver. I don't yep. know. Will Barton's still there. So they have Will Barton. They do have um, Monte Morris, who I think is going to end up splitting time with Forbes. They don't, they're just hurt. I don't know. Denver to me is just a lost cause at this point until Jamal Murray comes back. As much as we love Jokic, they just don't have it. Um, Aaron Gordon is like, he is some good games where you're like, oh, he had a good game, nothing crazy. But then most games, he's mediocre, average at best. It's cool that they did get Forbes, though, because he is definitely a, a good guard. He is a good guard, which is what they need. So maybe he helps. Maybe he helps. Maybe he only gets 12 minutes a game, but 12 minutes, you can do a lot in 12 minutes as a guard. So. Mm-hmm. Any other news? Um, Durant's really, out. Besides. Yeah, Durant's out. Um, CJ McCollum finally came back. He had a collapsed lung, and he also had the birth of his child. So he missed a, almost a month of basketball. He's back. Uh, somebody else just came back as well. Bam Adebayo's back for Miami. Shout out to Big Bam. Uh, it's awesome to see him back. So um, not really a whole lot of news. In the next couple of weeks, though, we will see trades. Deer and Fox... And the Kings or the Kings are talking about packaging Darren Fox with somebody for DeMontis a bonus and somebody. They came That's, out today saying that they don't want to trade Fox. I just I don't see how you have a the great point guard shooting guard duo like Fox and Ta- Tyler Halley Burton. 
and how you like how do I say this? They need a big guy. Rashawn Holmes is not it. Uh, Marvin Bagley doesn't want to play for the franchise. Get rid of him. Uh, Buddy Hill's great coming off the bench. He can start on most teams. He had a huge 30-something point performance just a few games ago. Keep him. But if you have to trade him, you want to be able to get, who do they have? Harrison Barnes at small forward, who's obviously, I mean, he's not as old as it seems because he's been in the league forever. He played with the Warriors for a while. He's good, but problem with trading him is his contract. That's part of the that's part of the problem with a lot of teams with guys that you can probably unload for decent talent, but then you have to deal with the contract. So that's where the talks of De'Aaron Fox, perhaps, but I just don't see them unloading De'Aaron. I like De'Aaron Fox. I think when he's good, he is very good. He's one of the top guards. When Tyrese Halliburton is good, he is good. He gets like eight assists every game, bare minimum. There's been double double. A lot of double-double games that he's had, especially when Fox was out. Kings need some pieces, but I don't think trading Fox for Sabonis is going to be it as much as they need the bigger guy. If they can somehow work it to where they can unload some one-year deals, like guys that are in expiring contracts, with a pick, shit, get Sabonis around those two guards. You, you So maybe you have to keep Barnes. You get Sabonis, and then Rashawn Holmes maybe ends up stepping up. Maybe they find another center. I don't know. But if they can somehow land Sabonis and keep him for a couple of years, I think those three, with the addition of some other players, maybe they make a splash in free agency, reconstruction contracts, who knows? I think they could do it. I think the Kings are a contender, a top eight playing, top 10 playing contender with the right pieces. And I don't think unloading De'Aaron Fox for Sabonis, it's not it's gonna equal itself out. You're not I feel like you're not adding more wins by doing that. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Maybe I, see, I just want to see De'Aaron Fox like in in the spotlight. I don't think he gets He's it so enough. young though. He's so young. He's like twenty three. I think he's yeah. got so much time. He does, but not enough people know who he is when they should. White. They will. They'll know. Give him Bearing he's injury free, knock on wood. Give him, give the Kings two more years. Here's the thing: if I was running the Kings with that roster, I could make them contenders in two years, hands down. I would need a financial advisor to make sure I'm not messing up my money. But I can for sure. They they have to be able to bring in some some somebody, some power forward, some center, somebody that's going to be a game changer to help these guards. Because at the end of the day, you can't win with guards. Look at the teams that win. Look at the teams that win. You need a big guy, a solid big guy, or a great, like, when LeBron is going to the finals, he's a 6'8 forward. Let's put it that way. He's a big guy. Guards don't win you championships. Yeah, exactly. I think that's going to do it for this week's episode, though. You guys yes. did enjoy it. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast, download it, whatever. Keep in touch with us on Twitter and Instagram at SROnlyPod. Follow our personal pages. Mine is at the Healy6. I am iGoose with four O's. Go ahead and hit that follow button. Check me out on Twitter. Let's 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 talk uh let's talk sports, let's talk trash. All in love, of course. And we'll see you guys next week.